Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Yay. Can you hear me? I can. Loud and clear. All right. Hallelujah. Anybody else on? I don't know. I got a couple of dings and beeps, but no one has announced themselves, so I'm sure they're out there. They're just quiet. Quietly contemplating this wonderful message. I'm trying to figure this. There it is. Okay. Can you hear me all right? Yes, I can. Okay. Like me to mute out? Well, it depends on what you're going to be doing. Uh, <laughs> 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 if you're if you're chewing or you know moving around or whatever, yeah. Banging and blipping and whatever. Wishing and hoping <laughs> and thinking and praying. What's that? Dusty Springfield, right? Yeah. Yeah, I got Won't one. Get you into his home. Who wants to say hello? Very quiet tonight. <clears throat> I wonder where Mitch is. Need somebody to at least express an interest to be continued. Uh oh. Of course. <sighs> Praise the Lord. Anybody out there? Yes, they are. Praise the Lord forever. Hello, hello. Hello, Queen Cares. Thank you, Queen. Hey, Queen. <laughs> I think I, I, I think I heard uh, Mitch too. Hello. 
else did I hear? Lisa, hi. Hi, Lisa. Welcome to Gona. Fabulous. I'm looking forward. I missed on Monday. Oh, you're going to love it. Oh, good, good. Good. Say hello, Dinger. Hi, I'm the Dinger. (laughs) Glad to have you. Thank you, thank you. Oh, Vicki, thank you for your prayers. You are so welcome. Appreciate it. Praise the Lord. Who else wants to say hello? I'm about to mute your telephones and get us started. So now's your chance. Anybody? Hey, Vicki, we're just started. Really fast. Hello, can you hear me? Okay, go ahead. Um, just have a prayer this morning. Uh, earlier today, I was baptized in Basil Creek with the assistance of Gretchen and the witness of the family to help me um, find Jesus this summer. And I'm just also thankful for the ministry and just wanted to share that before I get started. Oh, great. I am so happy for you, Queen. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. Thank you for your help this summer and all the prayers from everyone on the line. It's been a blessing this summer. I really appreciate it. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you just hang in there with us. You are going to be so far ahead of most people in the Christian world. You'll just be out there on the front lines with us. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, I am going to mute your telephones and get us started. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we do thank you. We praise you. We recognize you as our Redeemer our Messiah, our risen Lord, our Deliverer. Thank you, Jesus, for your Holy Spirit presence in this meeting tonight to lead, guide, direct, correct, bring into fruition your truth in our minds, in our hearts. Teach us by your Holy Spirit, Lord, what you want us to know Thank you, Father. I ask for your anointing on Phil and I as we bring your word and your truth. And I ask that you give every person ears to hear and a heart to understand. Lord, seal this word in us that we can um, advance your kingdom with a new understanding. And I turn aside every assignment of hell that would prevent your people from being here, that would hinder them from clearly hearing or uh, receiving what they hear. 
in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. We are Freedom's Way Ministries. I am Vicki Burdett. My husband, Phil Burdett, is here with us. We are in separate locations tonight, but one in the spirit. And we are going to bring this message as if we're just sitting right there with each other, nudging, saying, okay, it's your turn. No. (laughs) Our mission is to bring you truth, to get you free, to bring you into your true identity in Christ and advancing the kingdom of God. So thank you for joining us. We are on the fifth of the doctrine of Christ in our series of how to answer hard questions. And this will be the first part of resurrection of the dead. Hallelujah, Lord. So get us started, babe. Okay, I was going to make a funny, but that was too um, too uh, holy a statement, so I'm going to move on. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's all right. No, I was just going to say, I'm here from Bombay, India, reporting tonight. <laughs> now, go on. <laughs> all right, oh, here we go. Part five, Resurrection of the Dead, Part 1, How to Answer Hard Questions. Having studied the first four of the base, now you can hear me all right, right? Yes, sir. I guess you're mute. Okay. Having studied the first four of the basics of our Christianity known as the doctrines of Christ, we now come to the last two of these teachings, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Again, these doctrines reveal who Jesus is and how God thinks. Understanding them gives us a picture of Christ and who we are becoming as we are conformed to his image. These six doctrines are foundational. They are not optional to our successful, victorious walk in the kingdom of God, and they come in a definite order. So once again, here is the foundational scripture we're using for this series from Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do, if God permit. Hallelujah. These last two doctrines, resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment, are connected in many ways. These doctrines carry a tremendous revelation that should make us run after Jesus like never before. As we discover, we receive our rewards in our resurrected bodies. This foundational principle serves as both a comfort to all who are in the Lord, as well as a sober warning to all who reject God's plan of salvation. 
In the book of James, we see that our lives are but a vapor which appears for a limited time. James 4.14 Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Hallelujah. In in its truest sense, the definition of resurrection is that which is dead coming alive again. The The primary focus of this doctrine, resurrection of the dead, is to understand how God wants each and every part of our threefold being to be alive eternally. This includes our physical bodies. There are three aspects of resurrection that are relevant to our lives. Resurrection past, resurrection present, and resurrection future. Resurrection past includes what happened to Jesus and others with him. It also refers to our own spirit when we were born again and passed from spiritual death unto spiritual life. Resurrection present includes the power of his resurrection, working in us and through us on a daily basis. Resurrection future includes what will happen to every human being and is attached to our eternal rewards. Notice I said every human being, the unsaved as well as the saved. That's right. Let's first examine resurrection past. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the center of our Christian faith. It is the pinnacle of the Christian experience and the single most important thing that sets Christianity apart from all other religions of the world. Jesus wasn't just a good teacher. He wasn't just a true prophet. He was and is God. He was raised from the dead and promises the same to us. Without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there would be no victory over sin, death, and the grave. This is the true proclamation of the gospel message. Jesus demonstrated his absolute victory over sin, the grave, and all powers, all powers of death, hell, and the devil. Satan now has no hold over us. Colossians 2, 13 to 15, and you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, has he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Ooh, hallelujah. 
Amen. And if we don't grasp the truth that Jesus was raised from the dead, we miss the gospel message. Romans doesn't just say if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, we shall be saved. It says, and that God raised him from the dead. If we don't believe in the resurrection, the Bible says we are not even born again. If we don't believe it, or if we, when we tell the gospel message, we leave that part out, we are not preaching the gospel. Because in Romans 10, 9 through 10, states the following, that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Hallelujah. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Acts 17.31. Amen. Acts 17.31. Because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he has ordained whereof he has given assurance unto all men, and that he has raised him from the dead. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Not only did Jesus love us so much, he died for us, but also God accepted the sacrifice of his life. We know that because of the resurrection. God raised Jesus from the dead by the power of his Holy Spirit. It is not only a religious concept, it is an historical fact. Please understand that. This is not a legend. As Christians, our whole lives are tied up in his resurrection. If Jesus is not raised, then we are still in our sins and unable to walk in the newness of life that God has provided we should walk in. If Christ is not raised, then our faith is in vain. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 16 to 23, For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. You are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead? and become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. Amen. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is our guarantee that God has accepted his sacrifice on our behalf. 
It gives us a confidence toward God that everything seen in Jesus in the resurrection now belongs to us, hallelujah, because he died for our sins in our place. He took the punishment. When Jesus hung on that cross, he hung there in our stead. He went to the cross for our sake to right the wrong of our disobedience through his obedience. Boy, that's a tough concept. We need to realize when Jesus came out of the grave, he was demonstrating what we look like totally and completely restored. Everything we see in the resurrection is what we should see, and it is what God sees in us, victory over sin, death, and the grave. It is our inheritance. 1 John four seventeen. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in the world. Wow. Get it? Saints. <laughs> the resurrection was and has always been and continues to be the most vehemently opposed aspect of Christianity. People don't have a problem talking to you and acknowledge that Jesus, acknowledging that Jesus Christ lived. They will agree he was a prophet and a good teacher. They will tell you he was a good man and even concede that Jesus shaped and influenced, influenced, influenced society and history unlike any other person. But when you get to the part about him being raised from the dead, you have stirred something up. The resistance is a result of demonic spirits who are vehemently opposing the reality of the resurrection. Because in the resurrection is the testimony of God's victory over death, hell, and the grave. Boy, is that true. You really do stir people up with that. Yes, ma'am. In Christ's resurrection is the undeniable evidence of his triumph over evil. And those spirits have to acknowledge that God has defeated them and their hold over creation is broken. Some of Paul's greatest conflicts and contests centered around his preaching about the resurrection of the dead. This is because demons know what it really means and how painful and how permanent that defeat is to them. Acts 17, verse 16 to 18. Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. Therefore disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily with them that met with him. Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him. Some said, what will this babbler say? Other some, he seems to be a setter forth of strange gods because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. Oof. Matthew 22, verse 23. The same day came to him the Sadducees 
which say there is no resurrection and ask him. Amazing. And there are more sisters, yeah, lots more. And Acts 4 and 12, or 4, I'm sorry, 1 through 2, and as they spoke to the people, the priests and the captains of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the res- resurrection from the dead. See, they were being grieved because they're sad, you see. In Acts 24, 20 through 21. <laughs> That's, yeah, there's no resurrection. That's why they're sad, you see. Yeah, amen. <laughs> Acts 24, 20 through 21. Or else let these same here say, if they have found any evil doing in me while I stood before the council, except it be for this one voice that I cried standing among them, touching the resurrection of the dead, I am called in question by you this day. I guess that was Paul speaking. And in Matthew 28, 11 through 15, now when they were going, behold, some of the watch came into the city and showed unto the chief priests all the things that were done. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers, saying, Say you, His disciples came by night and stole him away while he slept. And if this come to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and secure you. So they took the money and did as they were taught, and this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. The Bible declares that something took place that day that shook the city. It could not be ignored. There were reports of Jesus being gone from the grave and soldiers being bribed to lie. Even today, demon spirits try to silence the testimony of the resurrection because it is the power of God to salvation for people. At the root of the attacks against the resurrections is Satan's attempt to rob the gospel message of its life-changing power. You see, if God couldn't raise Jesus from the dead, what makes us think he can raise us up out of our desperate situation? 1 Corinthians 15 is a chapter that is as much focus in the re- that has much of its focus in the resurrection resurrection message. It also shows Paul's conflict at the different doctrines floating around in the church. Paul explains that even though Jesus died for our sins, and the penalty for sin was paid, if Jesus was not raised from the dead, we are still stuck in our sin. And even though we have been forgiven, we have no hope of a new life without the resurrection. It shows that because of the resurrection, we now have power to overcome. Hallelujah. No weapon formed us can prosper. The disobedience that allowed sin and corruption to enter into the world was overcome and destroyed as the resurrection and authority was returned to mankind in Christ. Wow, thank you, Jesus. Not only did Jesus come out of the grave, but others came out on that very same day as well. We must be 
forever settled in our hearts and grounded in the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead, that he is the firstborn from the dead, which indicates others will follow and some already have. There are witnesses to the resurrection in both the Old and New Testaments. The Hebrew scriptures of the first church, this is what we call the Old Testament, is full of prophecies about the resurrection. All these prophecies were written well in advance of the time that Jesus and others of that day came out of the grave. There are also accounts of the power of God raising people from the dead and out of the grave. They serve as a bold witness of God's sovereignty. Consider Elisha raising the Shunammite woman's son and a man who revived and came out of the grave when thrown onto Elisha's bones. Even Abraham before anyone was ever raised from the dead, knew that if he killed Isaac, God would raise his son to him again. Even Job knew. Job, in uh, chapter 19, verse 25 to 27, he says this, For I know that my Redeemer lives and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth, and though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. I'm going to see him with these eyes. Hallelujah. And at that, oh, this is uh, Daniel also, 12, 1 through 3. And at that time shall Michael stand up and the the great prince, which stands for the children of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time your people shall be delivered. Everyone that shall be found written in the book, and many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn away to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Wow. Wow. Sobering thought. Psalm they seventy-one to twenty. They that turn. They that turn many to righteousness. Well, I don't remember they what that, I said. Yeah. Um. They don't turn away Psalm, to righteousness. They turn many others to righteousness. Okay. That's a sobering thought, too. It That's both a what? Correct. 
a sobering thought too. And both uh, are correct. Well, I was thinking. I was thinking when I said a sobering thought. Yeah, well, I was talking about the the time you know about that sleep in the dust. They awake to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. All right. That's a sobering thought. Ooh, how long? <laughs> and they that they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. I understand where I misspoke on that. Anyway, moving along, 71, Psalm 71 and 20, you you which have showed me great and sore trouble shall quicken me again and shall bring me up again from the depths of the earth. Isaiah 26, 19, your dead men shall live together Live together with my dead bodies shall they arise. Awake and sing, you that dwell in the dust, for your dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. And finally, Hosea 6, 1 through 3. Come and let us return to the Lord, for he has torn and he will heal us. He has smitten and he will bind us up. After two days will he revive us. In the third day he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. Then shall we know, if we follow on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning, and he shall come to us as the rain, as the latter and former rain unto the earth. Wow. And those aren't even all the scriptures and prophecies. But then in the New Testament, each of the four writers of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, gives his own perspective of the resurrection. These are not conflicting accounts by any means. They are simply different perspectives of the same event. Jesus' resurrection was not seen only by his special friends either. There were many more than just an elite group of those closest to him who were witnesses. Jesus was seen by hundreds of people after his resurrection. He first revealed himself to a woman who became the first evangelist as she carried the gospel message to the men. This is further evidence to dispel the notion that women shouldn't preach. I'm going to read that to you in Matthew 28, verse 1 through 9. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said to the women, Fear not you, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. 
and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goes before you into Galilee. There shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Hallelujah. After this, the scripture tells us, Jesus was seen of Peter, then of the twelve, and then of above then of above 500 brethren. So we know there were at least 514 people who saw Jesus after his resurrection. This is not a casual statement. Jesus took the time to display his resurrection in front of a lot of people. He knew, he no. knew there would be... Go on. I, yeah, I was interrupting you. I'm sorry. Um, I was just thinking, if you had to prove this in court and you brought in 514 people to witness to it, that is a lot of evidence. Yeah, it's a good point. And whereas, um, you know, people have died at the testimony of one, have been put to death, actually, for one person overhearing something and, and testifying to it. You went in there with two or three or five witnesses. Yeah, it would be it would be overwhelming testimony. And if you took five hundred, what would that look like? Well, it would look like they couldn't get them all in it, you know, and that would be the issue. Uh, Let's see. Okay, you were at um, the tremendous opposition to the resurrection. And that many saints came out of their graves. I think you said that. But many okay. of the saints did come out right, of their I graves. Right, I got it. And, I'm back. All right. Yeah. Also, many saints came out of their graves as well, and they went into Jerusalem and were seen by many. That's when we got off on the conversation. In, in 1 Corinthians 15 and 3, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. That he was buried and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. That's um, Peter. After that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are falling asleep. And in Matthew 27, 51 to 53, and behold, the veil of the temple was rent in two from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent, and the graves were open, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and men and came out of the graves after 
after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Hallelujah. You know, you made a comment um, Monday, Phil, about all this uh, supernatural stuff, the zombies coming out of the grave and want to eat your brain and, you know, all that stuff. People can believe that kind of hooey, but they have a problem with with the true resurrection. Who were these people who came out of the grave? Yeah. Who were they? Who were these people who came out of the grave when Jesus died? When they did. When he was ra- when he was raised. And some question whether everyone who died in Christ had that same privilege. Now, my belief is that when Jesus went into the earth and preached to those who were sleeping there, he gave them a choice. I'm the one you've waited for. If you believe in me, I'm rising up, and you can come with me. And you know, he still says that today. Some scholars say, in regard to who are these people, it's a reference to Hebrews where it talks about some who were not delivered from torture and death, that they might receive a better resurrection. There were many Old Testament saints who made up their minds that even if they were killed, it was all right because they were holding out for something better. Participating in the resurrection of Christ would have been that better resurrection for them. And Hebrews 11.35 says this, women received their dead raised to life again. And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Women received their dead raised to life again. That will tell you this is not a zombie situation. (laughs) Amen. They were they were glad to have their husband back. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Though none could doubt, many did and still do, that Jesus was raised from the dead. Ages have passed when where this is the message of the resurrection. Where is it? What is there to validate the message today? How do we demonstrate the message of the resurrection? And and do we need to? Is there still a need for the testimony of the resurrection in the earth today? Absolutely, yes. I believe the most compelling proof of the resurrection is what a living God has done in our own lives at our own born-again experience. We know he's a living Savior because he lives in me. I had to feel it when the Lord's Spirit came into you when you received him. Had to have a quickening. One way we show others that Jesus is alive is by our testimony. When we were born again, our human spirit was resurrected and went from death into eternal life. This resurrection of our spirit has already taken place and is forever sealed. 
The reality that Jesus lives in the heart of every believer cannot be denied. A dead Jesus has no power to change lives, but a living Jesus does. Those who have accepted the truth of the resurrection by faith have a personal experience and relationship with the living Christ. Our lives are empowered by the same spirit that raises that raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. His resurrection power, which he, seen, which he sent by his Holy Spirit, is proof. I am changed. I am empowered to bring change into the lives of others. A man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. Amen, brother. And, you know, I'm thinking of the young man that heard the testimony and the power of that anointing of the Holy Spirit that happened so recently in our lives, Phil, and the change that came over him when he accepted and received Jesus in a personal way. You know, we ask the wrong question. We we ask people, are you a Christian? Everybody's going to say yes. Or do you know Jesus? Oh, yeah, I, I go to church. But the question needs to be, do you have, have you had an encounter with Jesus Christ, do you have a personal relationship? That is the resurrection. So we want to yeah, move quick now. Can I? Yeah. I just want to throw in a quick testimony that when I accepted the Lord, I remember this very clearly, that immediately things quickened in a way that I can't even describe or explain. But I would read the Bible, and it just came alive to me. And it was a total change. I mean, it was like from, from one to another. It was not, you know, questionable, or I, I couldn't really doubt it. I was going, what is this? Look at this. And I started reading the words were coming off the page and alive. So that's my testimony. Go ahead. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, if that didn't happen that way for you, it's okay. Because everybody's experience is different. But we want to move now into the second aspect of resurrection, which is resurrection present. Resurrection present is not something often talked about, but should be a part of every believer's life. In order for something to be raised from the dead, it has to have died. There cannot be a resurrection without there first having been a death. Paul made it plain that he died daily. This falls in line with Jesus' statements that if any man would come after him, he must take up his cross and follow him. If we want to find our life, we must first lose it for his sake. 
Mark 8, verse 34 and 35. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said to them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. Philippians 3.10 That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Praise the Lord. Amen. Of course, it does not mean that we must physically die to experience resurrection power. Resurrection life, eternal power, is available to us today. But it is available only in the measure with which we are willing to die to ourselves. This power comes into play when we deny our own strength and ability and lean completely on Jesus. When we come to the end of ourselves, that's where, ourselves, that's where we find the power of God. It is not our own power, it is his. We can never tap into the power of God when relying on our own strength, intelligence, or abilities. 2 Corinthians 1 8 through 10 says the following, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raises the dead who delivered us from such a, some so great a death and does deliver in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 1 through 5, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preach, preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the power of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And finally, Acts 4.33, and with great power gave the gave the disciples witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Great power and great grace. <laughs> when we look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit in operation, we are witnessing resurrection presence. The Holy Spirit-baptized Church of the Living God demonstrates and exercises resurrection power. It is further evidence of resurrection present, of Jesus in us. 
When things like miracles, healings, prophecies, and other manifestations of the living God happen, they testify of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is a demonstrative display of God's power over death, hell, and the grave. Everything the devil had by way of dominion, sickness, disease, addictions, mental and emotional illnesses, and all of the curses, everything has been triumphed over. His victory is shown every time the church moves in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts testify of the resurrection of the dead. The church cannot afford to be powerless in its ministry and expect anyone to truly believe in the resurrection. Amen. I'm here. As we witness or participate or are used by God in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we should never be confused as to why God has allowed his power to flow. It is not to promote ourselves or our ministry. It is to promote the message that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and has triumphed over evil in every form. His living presence in us demonstrating the works of God through us proves his life goes on. This is the gospel of the kingdom, not the gospel of God through us. Not the, Let me read that again. This is the gospel of the kingdom, not of the gospel of salvation. Jesus never preached the gospel of salvation. He preached the gospel of the kingdom. Luke sixteen sixteen, the law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached, and every man presses into it. Thank you, Lord. When we look at the resurrection, we ought to see with great joy, this is who I am in God. This is what is available to me in God in its fullness. There is nothing holding us back from being everything we were created to be. And we have a guarantee of it because Jesus was raised from the dead. We don't model ourselves after a Christ who was crucified and buried only, but a Christ who was crucified, buried, and is risen from the dead. A Christ who is alive to rise in us to bring life. John eleven twenty five. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead yet, Shall he live? Hallelujah. Amen. Resurrection present has everything to do with our exchange with God on a daily basis. When we agree with God and die to ourselves and our wants, we are no longer in our own life, but his. 
This is the place where the resurrection power of God begins to operate. It is the resurrected Christ who will live in us and through us. This is how miracles, signs, and wonders and supernatural things take place by a people who have denied their own lives so that his life might live through them. This is the resurrection present. The power of resurrection present is not a guaranteed thing. It is directly related to dying to ourselves. The moment we take offense or begin to focus on ourselves or go into fear of man or anything else, we lose it. Resurrection must be connected to death. We have to die daily in order to taste of this resurrection power and demonstration. 1 Corinthians 15:31 I protest by your rejoicing which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord I die daily When you find people God has used in miraculous things you will find people that have denied themselves not because they were under some religious yoke but because they tasted of something better They knew the only way they could have the better thing was by letting go of the lesser thing. In reality, denying ourselves actually provides something greater, something more satisfying and more rewarding. We find it isn't a sacrifice. It's a blessing of joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. So let's make a declaration together. So here we go. I have to see, I have to see my daily sacrifice. I have to see my daily sacrifice. As something precious to the Lord. As something precious to the Lord. And despised by the devil. And despised by the devil. Because it enables me to reveal Jesus. Because it enables me to reveal Jesus. Like nothing else. Like nothing else. When I don't show you Jesus. When I don't show you Jesus. I have done nothing. I've done nothing. And the devil knows it. And the devil knows it. Satan doesn't have a problem. Satan doesn't have a problem. With people playing church. With people playing church. And waving their church banners. And waving their church banners. But he does have a problem. But he does have a problem. With the people revealing Jesus in the earth. With the people revealing Jesus in the earth. I want to give the devil a big problem. I want to give the devil a big problem. Hallelujah. Dying daily to ourselves 
should never be viewed as a pain or with pride. We shouldn't have a long face or let the devil lie to us and tell us it's hard and not worth it or that we can't do it. There is joy in daily sacrifice. If you don't find that to be true in your life, it's probably because you haven't experienced the privilege of sharing in Jesus' death and resurrection by revealing him to a lost and dying world. Luke 6, 21-23 Blessed are you that hunger now, for you shall be filled. Blessed are you that weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when men shall hate you, when they shall separate you from their company and shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice you in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for in the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. One of the reasons people don't pay the price is that they don't understand the reward. God wants us to be motivated. He wants us to know that our reward is to taste the taste in Christ likeness. There's no greater joy than to participate with Jesus and see a person healed or set free from demons, or to touch someone with the anointing of God and see them born again and forever changed. This is what we were created for. And when we step into it, we enjoy it more than the temporal things we've been trained to think bring us joy. The book of Romans explains that our present dying cannot compare to the rewards that will be revealed in us. Romans 8.18, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which will be revealed in me or in us. The glory is not just around us, it is in us. This is the most intimate experience available, something actually inside our very being. God is being revealed every time we die to ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. This resurrection power will be used to transform our physical bodies. That's where we move into resurrection future, which we will explore next week. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are at our limit, but I still want to pray. So if you want to pray with me, then let's do it. Pray this prayer out loud. Father God. Father God. Thank you for showing me the three aspects of resurrection. Thank you for showing me the three aspects of resurrection. Resurrection past, resurrection present, and resurrection future. Resurrection past, resurrection present, and resurrection future. Help me to bring this message that Jesus has been raised from the dead 
Help me bring this message that Jesus has been raised from the dead. And he is alive. He is alive. We have hope not only in this life. We have hope not only in this life. But in the life to come. And in the life to come. Because of his resurrection. Because of this resurrection. And the undeniable evidence. The undeniable evidence. Of the triumph over evil. The triumph over evil. Death, hell, and the grave have been overcome. Death, hell, and the grave have been overcome. Because of the resurrection of Jesus. Because of the resurrection of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that I can die to myself. Thank you, Lord, that I can die to myself. My wants, my abilities, my intelligence. My wants, my abilities, my intelligence. And truly walk in the newness of life. And truly walk in the newness of life. In Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. So that my testimony like Paul's So my testimony, like Paul's, will be that I didn't come in the wisdom of man. Will be that I didn't come in the wisdom of man. But in the power of God. In the power of God. That I can be a conduit through which I can be a conduit through which the Holy Spirit power of the resurrection Holy Spirit power of the resurrection will bring life will bring life through me to others through me to others. And I will truly be and I will truly be the glory of God in the earth. The glory of God in the earth. Because of resurrection present. Because of resurrection present. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo! If you have a comment or a question, you can push your star six keys. You will be heard. That unmutes your phone. Um, Next week, we're going to look at Resurrection Future, what that looks like. Hallelujah.
Anybody learn anything tonight? Star six. Or if you just want to tell me you're here. Hi, Vicki. Hey, Judy. Yeah, you didn't call me. <laughs> You're probably busy. Did you get my message? Oh, I didn't get your message. You didn't? I'm sorry. I haven't listened. I haven't listened to messages, but oh. I will. I will call you. God bless you. I'm sorry. God bless. That's fine. Peace and blessings are you with this weekend. Oh, uh, keep Jack in prayer. Him and Connie, uh, and Connie and Randy, uh, they are looking at a, a, a camper place uh, to. Uh, they're selling it where you have camper and it's a lake and everything. So keep that in prayer if God wants them to have it because He wants to do it for the Lord's work. Praise the Lord. Okay. 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 Well, I'll let you go, baby. Love you. Love you too, honey. Who has a comment or a question tonight? Anybody? Hey, it's Gretchen. I want to say hi. Thank you. Thank you for saying hi. Of course. Thank you for teaching. You know, I was thinking, there are so many people out there that have that, (coughs) pardon me, that same religious view of resurrection that Martha had, you know? When Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me will not die. And she said, well, I know we're going to be raised up one day. But that's not what he was really saying. He was saying, no, you can be raised up now. I am the resurrection. And if he's in you, where's the resurrection and the life? That's resurrection present. That's now. Hallelujah. Praise God. Not a religious idea anymore. Okay. Hearing no other comments or questions, I will ask Pastor Phil if he would like to bless God's people and release us into this weekend. 
Thank you, Lord, for your word. We ask you to seal it in our heart. Bless our comings and goings, Lord, and encamp your angels around us this weekend. Strengthen our walk. Strengthen me, Lord. I need your help. Thank you, Lord. So, I'm going to, um, your permission, Lord, I'll bless your people. Uh, as Aaron blessed the people of Israel. In Numbers, the sixth chapter, the Aaronic benediction. He saw the May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his face unto you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift his countenance unto you and give you his shalom, his peace. And I add in Yeshem Yeshua, in the name of Jesus, who is our Sar Shalom, our Prince of Peace. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your goodness. We honor you this day, and we honor you our every day, Lord, with our hearts, our minds, our strength, all our strength. To follow you, be more like you, and to do your bidding on the earth. Strengthen us in this task, Lord, as we bow the knee and give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you, one and all. Go forth in resurrection power. And have a wonderful weekend. We'll be back Monday morning, 7.15, Monday night, 8.30. Those are Eastern times. Bye now. Good night. (laughs) Good night. My prince, my priest, my love. Good night, my friend. Nice, thanks.